0: Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving.
2: This is James Loving. I'm hosting Loving That Sports Talk. And I'm back another week hosting the talk show, you know. Oh, just good to be here, you know. Everybody, you know, there's so much going on in the world of sports today. You know, we got um, we got some great guests on the show today. Um, we're gonna talk about a little bit of baseball, get a little baseball there, You know, start of baseball season just started. Uh, great, great. You know, we got um, you know, everybody's a Yankee fan. You know, we got so many Yankee fans out there, and most of our Yankee fans, you know, uh, in Arizona, you know you know i hate to say it but you know we want to talk yankees but then you got all these fans out here that want to talk about the d-backs you know so that'll be great something to talk about and like i say every show we like to um get the young folks the young kids audience out there you know to make like to help these young kids you know to help them out to make sure they're going in the right direction you know for us to make sure things are going right for them you know um this this is the best thing ever that we ever could do, you know, out there. So this is great, you know. Let's do this and help all the young kids, you know. I got John online. John, you there?
3: Hi, James. How are you?
2: Good. How are you doing today, John?
3: Pretty good. Pretty good. What's going on?
2: I'm not doing much. How's it going today? Everything going good?
3: Yeah, seems to be. Basketball season's over. I'm sad about that.
2: Oh, it's not over with yet, is it? The playoffs just started, John.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I should look forward to that.
2: You know who who you got to win it?
3: Well, the Suns didn't get in, so I'll have to go back to the Bulls, I guess.
2: Oh, what that's you. Oh, you know what? The Bulls are doing good, John. They are doing really good. You know,
3: aren't they? They're 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 excellent. Who do you root for in the basketball?
2: You know what i'm you know, I'm from Chicago, and you know you you're a Chicago fan, but the thing about it is um, I hate Miami, you know what, what um you know that team had done, but you know what I gotta go with the bulls, you know, I'm not gonna be a bandwagon, I've always been the Michael Jordan fans in Chicago, so you know I gotta go there who you like
3: oh the bulls i I lived in Chicago when Michael was there, and it was great, best ever.
2: Now, most people say they don't watch basketball to the playoffs. Are you like that, John?
3: No, no, I really got into the Suns. I really did. I liked them. But uh, I, uh, uh, since they didn't get in, I'm kind of disappointed.
2: Well, you know what they did? They they kind of tore up that team. And then when they tore up that team, you know, that what made them not make the playoffs this year.
3: Right, it did. They made some bad trades. They really did. Although some of those guys they got are kind of neat. I think the one I feel the worst about is Richardson. What? Uh, he was always one of my favorites and he was a good three point shooter and, well he's gone now.
2: Well that that is good. That is good. You know, like I say, John, you know, we gotta get past this basketball season and then we get to the football season.
3: <laughs> yeah, right. And you've you've guaranteed me that they're gonna play. I, I like
2: take my word on that, they will.
3: All right, all right.
2: <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> well, we got another call in line, but you know, call back in next week, John, and we're gonna definitely got a lot of questions for you.
3: Okay, be glad to.
2: Take To take care, John.
3: You too. Mm-hmm. Bye.
2: I got Tony Holland. You there, Tony? I'm here. How are you doing today?
4: I'm doing pretty good. How about you?
2: Oh, you know what? You got me sweating here in the studio, Tony. <laughs> uh uh-uh. I Don't wanna do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we've been trying to connect for so long and, and, and get there and I'm just excited to have you on there, Tony.
4: Well, it's great to be here for you.
2: Well, you know, Tony, um, let's start off, you know, like, tell all the listeners, you know, um, who you are and what you do, you know. I know you're the manager, but go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to all the listeners out there.
4: Okay, my name is Tony Howell. I'm the uh, special assistant to the general manager for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And uh, basically, uh, I'm one of the guys that are out there scouting, uh, evaluating other clubs for possible trades and things like that or picking up free agents and, and so forth. Um, kind of one of the guys behind the scene that uh, is making some of the decisions on uh, the product that we put out up on the field. So that's, uh, in a nutshell, what I do.
2: Antonio, I'm great to have you. Can we, like, you know, I got a couple, I got a lot of questions for you. Is that okay? Uh oh, uh
4: easy. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll do as best I can.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'm just honored that you call. And like I was telling you, know, everybody, I'm like, I was so excited, I couldn't even sleep like, like I got Tony on the line today, and but anyway. Growing up and like and how you see like young prospects coming up to play in the world of sports, baseball, how tough is that on them mentally and physically, just for the for the young kids to tell them how could they succeed their dream in life?
4: You know, um I can relate to it uh, very clearly because um I was a product out of their own environment myself, uh growing up in the inner city of Chicago on the South Side and um Growing up with not having much, and uh, that was always my dream, is to uh, become a professional baseball player. And what it takes is a lot of dedication, hard work, and a lot of uh, arrogance in a sense of saying, I'm never going to take no for an answer. Um, and that's just more so, so just uh, having the confidence in yourself. And the thing is, it's, the opportunities are there. You just have to take advantage of it and um, work hard. And uh, again, you know, there's individuals out there to help you. You know, as far as your coaches um, in high school and college levels, and then there's scouts out there that are looking for kids like that. So um, I always tell the kids, don't give up, and, and you just keep working hard and, and try to get out there, and, and you most of the time can be successful at fulfilling that dream.
2: No, well, I, I, Tony. I used to always tell kids, you know, that I was asking me, "How did I do it?" And like, I always had that that mentality of I'm the best. Is that wrong mm-hmm. for saying that? You know?
4: No, no, that's very, very, very correct. Because again, that's the same attitude that I had. I was always felt that I was one of the best uh, wherever I competed at, mm-hmm. and no matter what level I was at, I always felt I was better than those kids that I performed with or against. And um, it's it just again, it's just being positive about yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when you're positive and you and you feel confident in yourself, um, you can go a long ways. So no, I, I agree with you. I concur with you a hundred percent.
2: You know, because I was back home in Chicago, and uh, one of the kids came up to me. He's like, you know, can you tell me? I said, well, uh, who's the best on your team? He said, I'm my third best. I said, come back and talk to me when you say you're the best. Was mm-hmm. I wrong for saying that?
4: No, no, no. Fair myself. So. Uh, here's a prime example of myself. Um, okay. After being drafted uh, with the Reds, and uh, we was down there for our first year in rookie ball in uh, Billings, Montana, and um, there was pretty good athletes on my team uh, that was drafted with me. And um, the manager, Jim Hoff, came out and, and made a statement, and he said, as 30 of us are sitting there day one, and he says, one of you, maybe two of you, is going to make it to the big league. And, I mean, that was kind of a... Uh, a shot to your arm, as you say, you know, because you, you, you want to hear all of you kids are going to make it to the big leagues, which is not true. Right. But um, it was funny when he made that statement. Um, I, I kind of looked around at everybody and I just kept looking. And all of a sudden, uh, he says, you're Tony, right? And I goes, yes. And he says, um, I noticed when I made that statement, he says, um, you just kind of just stopped looking around at everyone. And why did you do that? And I told him, I says, well, I don't want to sound like I'm arrogant or cocky or anything, I says, but the way I felt is when you said one, maybe two, I says, right off the bat, I felt I was the one. I was looking for the number two guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he laughed, and you know what he said? He says, I like that in you. And he says, and I hope each and every one of you feel the same way that Tony feels.
2: I, I like that, Tony. I, I really do, <laughs> what you just said. That just got me, you know, and it makes me think, like, when I was playing – you know, we was in the room, with like six mm-hmm. receivers, and they go, only one spot. And I told mm-hmm. them, I said, well, every morning when they come knock on the door, uh, it was nice to meet you guys because you guys going to be going home. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you, well, you know, and they were like, he all conceited and cocky. you know. <laughs> I knew, like you say, what I felt I was going to be, you know.
4: Exactly. <laughs> and, and there's nothing wrong with being confident. And, and, and as you do, I do the same thing when I'm talking to kids, when they ask me the same questions about, what should I do, and, and how should I go about it, and um, how should I feel and, and, and think about what I want to do?" And that's what I tell them. You, you got to feel that you're the best. You got to feel that you're one of the best in this in this world. I said, because other than that, there's kids, sure, that the fact may not be true that you're the best. I said, but what's wrong with being one of the best? And yeah. I said, and and no matter what the climate that you are right now, you feel that you're the best right there. and and. I can kind of relate another story to you real briefly is um, coming up in high school in, in the south-south of Chicago at Simeon High School, which is where Mr. Rose is from.
2: Right, that role, yeah.
4: But um, a, a situation where I used to grow up playing with um, older kids and older brothers um, to, to make myself better and, uh, and to, you know, to enforce my skill level to increase it up uh, above what my age bracket was and I grew up, again, in inner city in the projects and uh, a good friend of mine was used to be with me all the time was Kirby Puckett. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, just to make a long story short, um, I went to try out for the high school team as a freshman, and I went to the varsity coach. I didn't even have any thoughts of going to the cross-off coach or the JV mm-hmm. as a freshman. And I went to the varsity coach, and I kept hammering him about, I want to try out for the varsity And he kept saying, how old are you? And I said at the time I was 14. And he says, no, you want to try out for the freshman team. I says, no. <laughs> no, sir. I want to travel with the varsity team. And he says, do you understand that we have steps that we go and for the kids to proceed on? And he says, and when you're a freshman, you play with the freshman and Fossil. And I immediately says, coach, I don't want to sound conceited again, but I'm accustomed to playing with older players, and I can perform just as well as they do. And he says... Again, so he badgered me several times, and I kept showing up every day, and he kept telling me to go try out for the far soft team. So eventually I kept showing up for about a week, and then finally I convinced him to let me try out. And he says, I'm he says the only reason why I'm going to allow you to try out, he says, is because of just your consistency of saying that you can play with these older kids. And he says, I don't believe it. He says, I, I don't doubt that you don't have some ability. He says, but I don't believe that you can perform with these kids at this level. He says, you may, but I don't believe it. I says, well, give me an opportunity, and, which he did. And he allowed me to try out with the varsity team, and I proved him wrong. And from then on, he would ask me afterwards, after I convinced him from the, the one day that I put out and I demonstrated what I could do, then he asked me from then on, would you be willing to come play with the varsity, and I said yes. And what happened from there just took on from there. And he didn't start me the first game. He let me pinch hit. And what did I do? I hit a home run. He put me in the next game and pinch hit again. What do I do? I hit another home run. It's kind of like a storybook. Yeah. And then the third game, he decided, you're going to be a starter. And he put me in outfield, moved a senior over to left field, and put a junior on the bench. And it was history from then on. And I wound up um, doing so well uh, that my sophomore year, I hit a home run in Okomiski Park because we would play the public league championships there. Mm-hmm. And I, I did very well there. And the scouts thought that I, at that particular time, was a senior because of my size. I was about six one and probably about 190. Whoa. And I had great size. <clears throat> and, of course, I played football and basketball and baseball at that particular school. And then my senior year, um, I started to get sought out after a lot of schools, and as well as professional baseball. But, um, unfortunately, my mom and dad said, you're not going to to professional baseball right now. You're going on to college. Yeah. And so she said that you'll be much better when you proceed on to college. And she was right. I went on, proceeded on, and played football and baseball at
2: Ohio State, the Ohio State. Oh, there you go. You you got my um, producer, Ray Ellis. I hope he ain't listening. He's the Ohio. You know Ray Ellis? He went to the Ohio State. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> We're everywhere. <laughs> and I wound up getting drafted out of there very high and uh, leading the nation in hitting with a 524 batting average.
2: So You know, um, you, no, I don't want to cut you off, Tony, but mm-hmm. you, um, I didn't know that about And you got me excited because what you talk about you had a confidence and that's what I like and that's what we want the young people what we gonna, what I want you to talk about, Tony, and and I hope you can talk about it, is um I want you to talk and tell all the listeners because I like to direct the, like the younger kids and help you know. Mm-hmm. I want you to sure. tell them how your upbringing was, your mom and dad, and how like, what you said about going to college and how that affected you, the your decision. Because most people always just want to take out, don't want to go college and make that money, but mm-hmm. what you say your mom said you're going to go to college and and I want you to talk about to tell the listeners how your upbringing was for Chicago. You know how we know how it is growing up in Chicago. Oh, yeah. And it's rough yep. and tough in your family. Because when I grew up, I grew up in Robbins, Illinois. You know what Robbins is? Where oh, Dwayne yeah. Wade was. Oh, yeah. And it was tough. And I was like, oh, I got to get my mom them out of this neighborhood. And that's how I was mm-hmm. thinking. My mom was like, no, you get your education. That's how you get us out of this neighborhood. That's but exactly what we're right. going to do, we're going to take a break. Okay. And I want you to talk about that and explain because Man, you got me. I'm going to bookmark this show to let everybody listen to this <laughs> because you really got me inside. So we're going to take a break. And you don't leave, Tony. Cause, okay. Uh, all right. And this is Jay right Lovey. There. Anything I'm host- for the kids. All right. And I'm hosting Loving That World Talk. I got the great guest Tony Howell on the line. And we'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
1: Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry.
0: You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show.
2: This is James Loving, back host of Loving That Sports Talk. i got Tony Howell on the line. Um, you know what, Tony? When we went off a break, you know, we talked on the line. I'm so excited, I couldn't even wait till the break over. I was telling the engineer guy, Matt, get us back quick. But kind of like we say, I want you to refer, on, like growing up in Chicago, you know, your mom and dad, and how they tell you, get that education, go to college. You went to D. Ohio State. You had to mention that. I don't know yeah. why you brought that up, but anyway. <laughs> but, I don't know how that slipped out. Right, but go ahead because. Like you say on the line, anything for kids, and I like when people say that. You know, mm-hmm. go ahead, Tony, explain. You know, and talk okay. more on that, please.
4: Okay, yeah, just elaborate on it. You know, uh, again, mentioning coming up and growing up in inner city uh, on the south side of Chicago, it was it was pretty rough. You know, the gangs were very strong, uh, so there was a lot of active things going on. But um, I, I give a lot of credit to my parents. You know, and, and there's a lot of uh, kids that grew up in my environment um, that didn't have. Uh, two parents in a household. A lot of them had just kind of a single family, more so just a, a mom at home. And the dads were, you know, we, who knows? Uh, I'm not saying all of them weren't because there's, there was a good amount. But right. um, just to enforce uh, uh, and emphasize on what my parents steered us to do is, uh, again, my parents were from uh, Mississippi, and then they, they came to Chicago at a very young age. And um, basically during that time, it was just you know parents come in and they get a job. And my dad was driving a truck um, for Weston House um, Electric Light Company. And um, what he wanted to, and, and when he would sit and talk with us, and I, I had a large family, it was 10 of us. It was uh, seven boys, three wow. girls. Um, and, and they would always express to us about getting that education, that that's something that no one can deny you and take from you. And it would only help you to excel, to do something that you want to do for your future. So eventually, when you have a family, that they will be much well off than we were. And not saying that we were in a bad situation. It was just the situation that we were put in. But I, I, overall, we still had a good life, which is where we grew up down there in the projects. But again, um, that was something that they always expressed. And, and so what we did is we took that to heart, each and every one of my brothers and sisters. And I, I must say and, and glad to say that each and every one of us, do have a college degree, and, and that's, we think that's um, very, very um, appreciated. but again, that, that, that was instilled in us from our parents. You know, they had guidelines for us, and they were very strict on certain things that we did and what we didn't do. And again, you know, my, my dad probably he didn't get the opportunity to play professional baseball. He was a pitcher. And uh, he played uh, briefly a little bit in the Negro Leagues right at the end mm-hmm. as a pitcher. And then, uh, of course, with the Memphis, Memphis Redbirds. And then they eventually moved to Chicago. And then, again, he started uh, working. But um, just tell a, a real quick story on myself on what it enforced me and uh, and how it enhanced me to, to, to do as well as I did. Right. Um, excelling was, again, growing up and then um, – I was in that situation where I was going to be drafted in high school and um, I was all set and I did very well and the scouts would, and the funniest thing was the scouts would uh, contact me and they would see me out there at at, at games Mm -hmm. and they would say, hey Tony, you are going to sign if we we draft you? And I'd smile and say yes sir (laughs) and I was pretty excited about it. And that's all I wanted to do. And I would talk to my friends. You know, my friends were all excited for me. Right. And he's like, man, you're going to be drafted, man. You're going to sign a contract and you're going to go play professional baseball. You think you can send me some bats? You think you can send me a glove? And so I was taking orders, you know, um, that I didn't care if I was the 50th round or the 100th round pick. You know, I'm, I'm going to get down there. I'm going to do well. So I had taken orders that I, yeah, I'm going to send you some bats. I'm going to send you some gloves and so forth. And I was wondering at times, I didn't know at that particular time when the scouts would ask me that, they'd go, hey, Tony, you know, if we draft you, uh, are you going to sign? And I would smile and say, yes, sir. And then they would give me a kind of a strange look like, really? And I had no inclination why they were thinking that way or, or looking that way. Right. And come to find out, I found out when I was drafted by the Phillies and the scout Tony Duc- Luca Della Came to my house he was an older veteran scout and he came to my house and mm-hmm. take in mind that my parents never really expressed to me about that I wasn't going to sign a right. you know, professional contract at that time mm-hmm. so my thinking is that's what's going to happen and now the scout is sitting there and he's talking about the Phillies organization telling them uh, where I would probably wind up going and so forth and so on mm. and then all of a sudden uh, they were done and then all of a sudden he says okay we're gonna get to business so my mom says okay what type of business and he says we're gonna talk about a contract a signing bonus and all of a sudden my mom just out of clear blue says Mr. Lucadella don't worry about that so now I'm <laughs> I'm thinking like wow this is awesome yeah you know, right. my mom she, we don't even, she don't even want any money
2: alright I'm sitting back <laughs> in my chair waiting to hear what your mom said Okay, uh, and You know, I'm waiting. <laughs> go ahead, Tony. <laughs> <laughs>
4: and, and all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and then all of a sudden, he says, excuse me? And she says, um, you can leave that uh, contract in uh, your briefcase, she says, because Tony's not signing. Yeah. Oh, and my heart dropped. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, Mom. Go, Wait a minute. I said, you know, this is my opportunity to play professional baseball. This is my lifelong dream. And so all of a sudden uh, she says, "Yeah, I understand that." She says, "And you're going to get that opportunity, but you're not going to get it right now." And and Mr. Lucadella started talking to her and says, "Ma'am, you don't understand um, the opportunities that your son is, is is about to take and get." And so now my next statement was to talk to my dad. I said, "Dad, <laughs> yeah." Talk to mom. And he just kinda of sit there and he looked at me and he just smiled and, and my nickname was Tiger. Tiger. So he says, Tiger, he goes, Me and your mom already had this discussion. He says, You're going to college. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God. And so I can think now my dream is down the drain right now. Yeah. And that's the way I looked at it. I thought my this was the only opportunity I was gonna have and I should have taken advantage of it. And that's what I thought. And the other thing was, I was a little disheartened because now I can't give my friends the vets and the gloves and things that I wanted. But, of course, that was minor. But what happened was, the statement that my mom made to Mr. Lucadella was, after he stated to her, he says, if I sign right now, at the age of 17, he says, within about three years, he says, I would be in double A, which is pretty close to getting to the big leagues, Right. right? And My mom she had no clue about what levels baseball had in the minor leagues right. So it was kind of funny and she says well mr. Lucadella she says you said in about three years He'll be in uh, what you call it double-a and mr. Lucadella says yes, ma'am. That's right He says he would probably be within a year to two Max from the big leagues and so my mom says well I figure if he goes to one of the colleges that he I uh, haven't decided on yet, but a ten within three years he'll be three times as better, and he'll probably be she says who knows you can come and draft him then, and you can probably get him, and he'll probably be in double Z yeah.
3: you know <laughs> <laughs> she <had> no clue <laughs>
4: and he he was stunned because he just assumed from where I came from low income yeah inner city environment right you know a little bit you know, a bit poor and that we were going to turn down an offer that he hadn't even made yet. Yeah. And she expressed to me, as well as my my father, that you're going to go to college. You, you Each and every one of the kids, we promised that we are going to get that college degree. Yeah. And she says, I'll be done if I'm going to let something distract you from doing it. Yeah. And she says, if they want you now, they'll want you even better later, because in three years, you'll be three times as better. Now, take it in mind, it was, I was a six-round pick. And probably would have been higher, but because all this time, that's when I realized that scouts were asking me these questions when they would see me out at a game and looking weird, is because when they would call my home and ask my mom about the same situation, if your son is drafted, is he going to sign? She was telling them no. No. And to this day, I am so grateful for what my parents steered me to do Mm was because she was right. When I pursued on and went to college, and in three years, you're drafted from a four-year university, which right. if you went to a junior college, you're drafted, draftable, eligible every mm-hmm. year. I went on, and in three years, I become an All-American mm. in both sports, and I become the nation's best hitter and lead the nation in hitting with a 524 batting average, and then wind up being a within a, a, a first round pick, more so I was um, our um, optional pick, uh, which was in, the, uh, in between the first and the second round. So um, that just goes to show you how well my skills progressed. At the same time, now I got three years under my belt as far mm-hmm. as to getting my college degree. Exactly. And I, so what I did is went on and played my first year And minors, and then during the off season, came back and finished.
2: Keep talking, Tony. I'm listening.
4: And then got my degree, a a BS in special education and a minor in business administration. And the thing was, and graduated with honors with a 3.48 GPA. (laughs) And and I'm so grateful for again today that my parents instilled that in me to to pursue on proceed on to school. And in college, and get that degree, and so I had the best of both worlds. I was playing professional baseball, and I had just finished and completed and got me a college degree, because my dad expressed to me, he goes, "What happens if you go out there the first day, yeah, and you tear your ACL or something, and you can't play professional ball anymore? Your career is over. What are you going to do?" And then he says, "Even if you go and you play three years in the minor leagues, and you do the same thing, that's three years wasted that you." could have taken advantage of and got that college degree because that's something that they can't take from you. And that's something that's always going to be your meal ticket to get you some type of job, even if it's not in the same field that you got your degree in. So I'm I'm very grateful and I have a degree under my belt and I'm very proud to say that. And I tell you what, um, I I would see some of my friends that kind of went other options and, and went the other way wind up going Drafted in the minor leagues for one year and got released, and it's history. You know, it's all over for them. And I've had some that have made it, like I said, a Kirby Puckett. But the thing is, um, the odds are so, so far against you. And if I can always express the kids, man, if you got that opportunity to go to college, man, take advantage of it. And unless you one of those top five draft picks in baseball or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I, would, I would encourage you uh, to get that degree
2: is so important to you. And you that's know that you're going to need. And you know what, Tony, that right there, what you, you know, I know there's more. I, we we ain't done yet with you. We ain't done yet. <laughs> what we're going to do, we're going to um, take a break and when we come back, I want to I ask you something about, you know, because what you said, I want to relate a little bit of that. Well, you know, do your mom know my mom? Because that's what <laughs> my mom did with me. But when we come back, I want, we want to talk about the pressure the parents put on kids to play sports. So we're going to take a quick break, Tony, and we'll be right back with uh, my guest Tony Howell on the line. And this is Jane Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and we're back. you got to listen in.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you? It's Outside the Huddle, starring Leemond Williams with co-host John Inglesby. Each week, join Lemont and John as they take callers, discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sit down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA is got you cover. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Each week, take a visit inside the locker room of your favorite sport with Dez Clark, Paul Fresh Clark and Lester Scudder Davis as they bring you sportsmanlike conduct. As a current player, Des Clark can bring you inside the sports world like nobody can. His co hosts represent the fans of the sports world. With both points of view on the table, it becomes an engaging and entertaining program to say the least. Sportsmanlike conduct can be heard Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the
2: show. This is James Loving. I'm host of Loving That Sports Talk. I got my guest Tony. Do you steal that, Tony? I feel it, baby. <laughs> you, you've been you've been saying so much great thing at me, but you know what you were saying when we went off the air that um that actually was your mom, not my mom, because when I was going, I had I messed up in high school. I didn't I didn't know what it was about. You know, one day I was you know playing on the basketball team. My grade was so bad. My mom like, hey, you're not playing this game. I'm Like, mom, I'm a star. It's a big game. She said, I don't care. But I had to go to a junior college, and when I went to that junior college, it made me realize. Education important, you know. I'm not gonna play this for it. my mom. They weren't gonna let me, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when you were saying that um, the scouts came to you, I remember when I was at Wyoming. and you know, a few agents sent me out. You know, you know had to before the draft they come, you know, one mm-hmm. through the sign with them. And um, I flew to Dallas and he showed me around the Dallas and I was all excited, you know, my first one. He like, uh, he like, hand me some keys. Like, this would be your Porsche. It was a car. Yeah, if you sign, mm-hmm. I called my mom. Are you know, mom. She like, no. Mm-hmm. One, you need to finish mm-hmm. your education. You're gonna finish. You know, we not. You know, I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on. So it's kind of what you're saying. But the go back around that, how important for these kids that that's coming to play sports? They getting the pressure that their parents want them to play to live the dream through them. You, you mm-hmm. know, what I'm trying to say, Tony. Can you mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. about that?
4: Oh yeah. You know, and just to elaborate on that is you, you see it a lot, and, and you know, I saw it <clears throat> uh, especially even on the other side um, scouting. Um, after, after my career was done, of course, it was a little shortened. But anyway, um, I came out and I was scouting for the Chicago Cubs and I was an area scout. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had, I was in charge of five states. And I would, and I would be out there and I would be, uh, talking to the kids. And of course, I'm trying to convince them, uh, to sign. But that was something I was always honest with the kids, especially the kids that are not going to be selected higher in the draft. And I'm speaking of after 10th, uh, 15th, 20th rounds and so forth. Well, the signing bonuses are not going to be uh, that large. They're going to be pretty small. Right. So, in essence, um, <clears throat> I would try to talk to the kids and, and and try to emphasize on, which is going totally opposite of what my job was right. was to try to convince these kids to sign. And of course, I would be sitting in there talking to the parents and so forth. Um, and say, a kid, uh, we take him in the twenty uh, fifth round, okay. and the signing bonus is going to be very minimum. Okay, mm-hmm. and um, just to throw out a, a, a ballpark figure back then, you know, say it was a $5,000 signing bonus, and that was it. And then he's going to go down and, and get whatever the salary is in the minor leagues, $1,000 month minor, whatever. Um, and you would hear um, the kids sometimes would be a little puzzled about it, and but you would hear the parents, or especially the dad more so, is, oh, yeah, you know, um, I think it would be – We we want him to sign. Yeah. We want him to sign and go out and be a professional ball player. And, 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 you know, because that's just something I always wanted to do, but I was never good enough or I never made it or I got hurt or so forth. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying, I'm sitting here to myself and I'm saying, wow, you know, this kid has some ability, but right now his skill level is not that astronomical where we want to give him a, a lot of money. So in essence, what I would recommend is. What we do is we would call them just like you would say about the junior colleges. We would have contacts with junior colleges, and we would have the coach to come see the kid and, and sign the kid to their program in a junior college, which makes them still eligible. But at that time, we have them what we call a draft and control. So when the kid goes to the junior college, he's still under the Chicago Cubs control because he's we still have his control for a year. Right. And what we do is we send that kid there. And we let this kid go work on his skills and develop and get better. And then before the school, before the year term is up, before the draft comes the following year, then whereas I probably was only going to give him a five thousand dollar signing bonus, I'm going to go in now and give the kid maybe forty thousand, maybe fifty thousand. Hmm. Who knows? Maybe more than that. Maybe sure. he becomes where he, and and the way I look at it is maybe whereas we took him in the twenty fifth round. All of a sudden, this kid jumped up skill level-wise to, all of a sudden, if I was drafting him again, I would probably have took him in maybe the eighth round. Oh. And now that would have dictated the money that he would have gotten. Plus, plus, on top of that, now that was his first year. Plus, on top of that, say the money jumps from 5000 to 50000 Okay. Plus, he gets what we call a college incentive bonus plan, which means that we pay for the remaining years of college for him. Mm. <clears throat> That's included in the packet. So now, if he decides to sign now for this 50000 then he's going to get that college scholarship plan, which is going to cover him for whatever school that he decides he wants to go to during the offseason. I like that, Tony. It's paid for yeah. in full. Books, room and board, everything. Meals, he doesn't pay for anything. And there's a program where someone registers for him. All he has to do is walk to campus and go to class. That's it. And, and, and so that's something that I looked at, and that's what I try to encourage the kids to do if you're not, if I feel that you're not totally ready to go out and play professional baseball, mm-hmm. especially at a younger age, especially, and these, of course, we're talking about a lot of kids coming right out of high school, and then kind of in that means, and they're stuck, and they're going to college or professional baseball. And then again, you have now, and then I saw it happen to one kid where he had signed with another organization. And instead of going to that junior college, then this kid goes out and he signs for $4,000. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he, he plays two seasons. And I get this in mind. He didn't go back to school during the offseason. Yeah. And he didn't get the college scholarship plan because they didn't include that in his plan. Mm. So now he signs for this 4000 He goes out in two years. And high as he hit, batting average was like 260 And then what happens? He gets released. Mm-hmm. Now the kid, when he signed, was 18 years old. Now he's 20 years old, and, she, and now there's time to go back to school now because he's still young. Yeah. But the thing is, those are two years on his belt that are gone, and he didn't do anything with it as far as educational wise. So now when he comes home, he goes, I got no money. Yeah. Now, and the other thing is, he can't go back and play collegiate baseball because he has already signed a professional contract. So now he wants to go back and play at whatever school he can't play. Right. He can only play some semi pro baseball or summer baseball during the summer. So now it's shattered. And then he's already been shattered because he's been released. So in essence, he lost two years of that school and had uh, towards that degree. So now he's probably going to wind up, if he's able to get some student loans or whatever, and go to maybe a city school or something like that, a junior college or whatever, but that's what happens. And, and the other thing that happens where you get kids that have probably been in the minors maybe four or five years that didn't have that plan, and then all of a sudden they come out and they're like, what am I going to do with my life? Now you got to go and get a job. You're going to have to go get that nine to five or something to, to make ends meet and, and have a salary to provide for yourself. And who knows if you have a family?
2: Now, now Tony, no, now with the, you know, like with football, and like you say, with the, is it is it the um, how do I want to say this? Is it your fault or somebody's fault? Did they sign these kids the, uh, young and not telling them? It's just like football, letting these kids leave out early at school and knowing that they should finish their education, and you know. Mm-hmm. Who who do we go to? I'm, I know you saying you won't do that. You have a plan for them, mm-hmm. but other organizations just saying, "Hey, we want that kid now," and not thinking a long run with these kids.
4: You know, it, it's it's kind of a, a situation that you you have the the, the scouts that go out and, and they have a job to do, mm-hmm. and, and that's what they're paid to do. Um, I, I think it's, it's more so that, and then you have some of the kids that have representatives that. Um, Kind of fill them in on situations like that. Um, it's, what you have to understand is that, like I said, on, on the professional side, um, their job is to get you to sign that contract and get within that organization and play. So, what, what I noticed that they do do in baseball, as far as uh, when they talk to the kids, is I think for most of the part, they're upfront with the kids and they explain and express to them at the level that they have been taking, as far as round-wise, that um, it's it's kind of your choice and your decision what you want to do for your future. I know this is your goal and dream, what you want to do, um, but you also need to take into consideration, we may think you're ready, you think you're ready, or we may not think you're ready, but the key is you have to think about your future. We want you here, we would love you to be with us, but the other kids, you have to make that decision. And I know sometimes that, again, you probably have parents that are not within the household with the kids, and maybe some of the kids are with the grandparents and things like that. Um, I think it's best that then, when you, uh, in order to learn that, you just need to go and maybe, hopefully, maybe your coaches, maybe high school coaches can talk to you, maybe the boys' club. Maybe you can talk to some representative there um, or, or former athletes that can kind of steer you. I'm always... Here and gone up to here, when an athlete or, that has played in the past and has done it, and then can go back and and give and educate these young kids on not just making a drastic decision right away that could cost you in the future and mm-hmm. and cost your life, as far as to to kind of be in rumbles for a bit. Um, so I think there's different avenues that you can can go and 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 probably seek some of this information, but I really. I, I, I really expect and hope kids that they, they would do that.
2: And, and, you know, that's a good point because, like, when I was growing up, I was like, you know, um, we grew up, like you say, you know, where Robbins was. But mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking. I'm just thinking, oh, I'm going to get my mom and my you know what I'm saying. And uh, mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. thing about it is was I, I should have thought, like you were saying, be proud of what we here my mom and I always made, you know, and get that education and come back. And then later on in life, like you say, those things would come. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what kids have to realize. You know, everybody trying to get that fast money now to get their mm-hmm. parents out, but that could end the quicker that you just got it, you know? Exactly so, and I look back and said, man, my mom, we had everything. You know, we had what we wanted, but sure. we had what we need. Mm-hmm. And that's what my parents provided, and that's great, you know? And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the best thing a kid can never look at saying, you know, I can wait for that money now, mm-hmm. you know, until it, like you say, is better. But every kid look at, oh, we need that money now. We poor, you know? You know how it is in Chicago, kids oh, look sure. at. You know, so, you know, it's good for, like you say, us to talk to these kids and say, hey, it is their decision. They ain't got two parents and they're trying to help. But, mm-hmm. you know, the decisions you make, you know, you got to work harder. And, 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 you know, like you say, always think of that education.
4: That's true. Yeah. And, and, and that's something I always enforce on the kids. Like you said, say their household situation is totally different and, and it's hard. And we understand that, that, you know, the very low income and so forth and, you're looking at this as a, an opportunity or an avenue that we can excel and help my family, and that's exactly what I wanted to do as well. Um, but also, while we're making these decisions, think about our future and think about how important. I can't, over, you know, I can't express it even more, that how important education is because this is something that, that you're going to always need no matter where you go and what you do. Um, and the reason why I express that is even the kids, the Latin kids, over in Dominican, um, Puerto Rico, uh, Venezuela, um, we have academies out there. But what we do is we also take those kids in there and school them. I mean, we educate them because this is something that they're going to need in life um, throughout once they're even done with the game of baseball, and you know, i and just reverting back to. Kids here in this in the city and, and no matter where what state you're in um, there's poverty everywhere but the key is I understand some situations where the kid is back against the wall and he has to do it because there's no one in the household to do it there's no father figures or, or in a household so the kid has to go out and strive and do it himself and yes and you know what sometimes you have to do it but when you have to do that what I would express to you is if you're sitting there with that scout you ask him is it possible any way possible that you can get me some type of scholarship, college scholarship plan, that I can take on when I come out during the off season, even if I'm the twentieth round? Is there some type of college scholarship money that you can give me, even if I have to just go to a junior college uh, during the off season? Because that way you're working towards your future as 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 well as you're working towards your future on a professional matter, mm. as far as playing professional baseball. I, that's something that I would really enforce kids to do.
2: Okay, what we're gonna do? We gotta take a break, Tony, and then we'll be back. We got a guest on line. You might have a couple questions too. For you. we got Chris McMillan from Hawaii. So we're gonna take a break and don't leave us, Tony. You know this is good stuff. And this I'm is James Lovey. I'm hosted loving that sports talk, and we'll be right back. <laughs>
0: School to the pros, we we cover everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. We support hitters. network Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
2: This is Jay Lombeck, hosting Living at Sports Talk. I got Tony Howell online from Chicago, assistant for the Los Angeles Dogs. And I got Chris McMillan. Chris, you there? What's
5: that?
2: How you, how you doing? You there, Chris? Yeah, I'm there. You kind of broke up a little bit. Oh, all right. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling. We got Tony. And we was talking about, you know, how you saying, you know, the kids going to the professional sport. I know you're a basketball uh, strengthening coach right out there in Hawaii. Uh, and I love when you talk about the program that Hawaii has that the kids, they can be MCA eligible. Can you explain that a little bit more?
5: Yeah, well, there's a, the MCA the requires uh, freshmen and student athletes to have a certain GPA. Um, I want to say at one point in time it was a 1.9, it may even be a 2.0, but uh, what we've ran into here in Hawaii is we found that it happens a lot with, uh, with freshmen that uh, they will be eligible. NCAA-wise, even though their grades slip below a 2.0, um, but now there's a new university rule where if anybody slips below a 2.0 cube, uh, that person is academically ineligible for the university, so the university will actually keep them out of uh, of their respective sports.
2: Is that a great program, Tony? Oh, yeah,
4: I oh, mean, I because, think- because you're special in you know, education, and um, in, the, in order to stay eligible to play any sport, of course, that GPA has to be above that c level. So I would say so.
2: You there, Chris? Yeah, I'm here. And that's great. Like what Tony was saying, the education when the kids get hurt, they don't understand that afterwards you could be hurt in one day. Then your career ends. Where do you go from there?
5: You- yeah, I mean, we uh, we talked about this the last time I came on the show, and you know there were guys that you know I played with that I was worried about. You know, you, you 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 think about what's going to happen when you know they can't play football anymore, or you know they can't play basketball. How is this person going to go out there and attack society and, and have a resume that's good enough uh, to 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 get interviews and and go on an interview well and get that job? You know that 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 was a a concern of the eighteen nineteen even I saw. So it's just really important for kids to take that education very seriously. Um, it is a serious matter. they got to understand the percentages and odds are stacked against them as far as actually being a pro uh, and making their dream a true reality. So education is the key.
2: Tony, uh, Chris, I'd like to ask you guys a couple questions. Tony, um, are, are, are athlete role models?
4: You know, I would say so. You know, I know you have, you, you have um, athletes come out and say I'm not and so forth. Um, you know, I always say, you know, my parents are, but I think I have to say that athletes are in a sense, because that's what a lot of kids look up to. They want to be like you. And I think if you can kind of put down a good positive guideline for them, um, they mimic you and they want to do exactly what you do. So, you know, I, I know there's several athletes or a lot that say that they're not, but in true reality, true reality, they are.
2: What do you think of that, Chris?
4: Yeah, I'd have to agree. It's uh, it's it's pretty
5: common for you know for kids to sit here and and watch TV and you know, the NBA and even college and you watch MTV and you know all they see is their favorite musician or their favorite athlete on TV with the money and the glitz and the glamour and you know as kids you see that and then that's what you want to have. Um, again, kids begin to do things that their favorite athlete does and. You know, I always go back to the whole shooting sleeve that Allen Iverson started, you know, back in the 90s. Everybody wears that shooting sleeve now. And it's just the thing where people wanted to follow him. So, athletes, whether they want to be or not, are role models. Kids do look up to them. And kids will eventually try to follow in the same patterns and footsteps that those athletes, uh, portray and do on TV. Uh, now you hope that they don't, you know, try to do the bad things. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, for a 12 year old kid who's, impressionable and not really sure where you're going in life, when he sees his favorite athlete on TV getting in trouble, subconsciously it does plant that seed, well, so-and-so's doing it, you know, maybe I can do it, so athletes got to be very, very careful in all things that they, that they do because they are under a constant microscope. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's what I was going to say, you know, athletes got to go out there and they're under that microscope every time. They can't do no wrong. I mean, we all make mistakes, right? So why do we criticize them when they make mistakes? Are you asking me? Yes.
5: It's it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you're an athlete, you get paid millions of dollars, and your job is to uh, play basketball. But once you're on that spotlight, your job is to also um, show good character. You know what I mean? And because you're, you know, in the news and the media, your job is to show kids how they should act in the right things to do it's kind of one of those 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 unwritten laws or one of those things that's not written in the job description along with obviously respect your teammates and, and the obvious things that are come off the team but there's other things that should be outlined that aren't in that job description doing the right thing you know being a positive role model you don't get to make mistakes in the media like that because you're going to be ridiculed and criticized for doing so so it's one of those things you know you're going to make three four million dollars a year you got to be able to accept the fact that there's certain things you cannot get caught doing. It just is what it is.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, we got three minutes to close. I want each of you. You know, you start off, Tony. What thing I like to end the show? With, what things you could tell the young kids out there? Something to encourage them, or you know, something good.
4: Just the bottom line is, you know, you got to think positive and live your dream out. And the, the way that you're going to do that is, you got to play hard. You got to practice hard. And you got to go in that classroom, and you got to study and be and play hard.
2: Chris, can you sum this up for?
4: Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same thing. You know, we talked about
5: this a couple weeks ago. It's just, it's just very true. You know, again, like uh, like Tony said, you got to play really, really hard. Stay mentally strong and tough, don't let anybody take you off your path. And if you have a goal and a dream, do everything you can every single day to get to that goal. You know, don't let anything take you off path. And, you know, just do the right things each and every time, you know what I mean, that that you walk outside your door and that you're in front of a group of people. You want to make sure and understand that you're always on stage and you want people's perception that you always be at the highest level.
2: You know, and I like you to. What I like to do is, if it's possible, you, Chris, and Tony, next week, if I could set this up and have some um, kids call in and, and they ask you guys questions if that's possible because, you, me, and us sure. talking. You know, we, you know, we know, but if we can get them to call and sit here and, and talk to you guys. I would love that if that's possible. Very
4: much. That works for, for me. me. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I, you know, I set up this week and I have all the kids come in. You know, have some kids come in, and that way we talking to them. You know, mm-hmm. directly. So you know, Tony, thanks for calling in. You know, um, and Chris and guys, man, this show I love it. I love it. I love it.
4: Sounds good.
2: So, um, next week and you know, I'm um, I'll get everything out to you guys and we'll, we'll make another great show. So
4: okay. we'll talk to you later. Thanks for okay. being on guys. Take care now. you
2: back. Bye bye. This is James Lovey and uh, like I said, you know, um get this message out to the kids and that's what I love to do, you know, and um to show them that, you know, there are people out there that care and and want their well being, you know. Especially with the education. We gotta we gotta we gotta force that even more. So this is James Love, hosting so no one loving that sports talk show and um Just say, you know, we'll be back next week.